This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Dating and Relationship Show. You're listening to AM640. It's Sunday night, and I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, matchmaker, dating coach, and founder of singleinthecity.ca. Why do some of us have such a hard time forming and keeping relationships? That's what we plan on finding out tonight with my guest, Alan Kleinhans. Alan is an international speaker, high-end performance coach. He's absolutely amazing, guys, okay? And a training facilitator who specializes in self-awareness, leadership, and communication. And tonight, we're going to be discussing the importance of relationships, why we sabotage them, and how you can find the cause of your relationship issues. Well, thanks for joining me tonight, Alan. And 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 Alan is also from Clubhouse, I must add. I must add. Hi, Alan. Uh, thank you for having me, Laura. I'm excited to be here. And yeah, thanks for that great introduction. Appreciate it. And, and yes, that's Cl- how we connected through Clubhouse. Yes, yes. He's you're so incredible. And where exactly are you calling from today? I'm calling from just outside of London, West London. I love it. I love it. You have such a beautiful accent. Thank you. I'm sure all the, the ladies fancy that accent. <laughs> I have to say, my accent does go well down in America. <laughs> it does. It's done well, for sure. <laughs> okay. Now, let's get started. So, the relationships that we form are so important to us and, and our well-being, right? Now, this is something that um, you really like to focus on. I know that. So, let's chat about why relationships are so important for us to have. And... Um, this also includes non-romantic relationships, let's say. Of course. Well, I think the single most important factor of why we need relationships, why they're so good for us, is because they magnetize the human experience. Mm. You know, so it's just so much more magnetized when you share it with other people. Yeah. And we need them for survival, I think, you know. Um, I, I feel like we need to, to lean uh, on people for support, especially when we're going through tough times, which we all have been going through, I feel. Mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, and I guess, and we don't also, we have to keep in mind that we don't have to be, have the ability to touch people in order to get that support from them. I mean, I have so many clubhouse friends that I've never met in person, mm-hmm. but like, I know if I'm having a rough day, I know I, I can lean on them. I can give them a call and, and I just feel so much better. Do you have a lot of clubhouse friends as well that you talk to that you've never met? Well, I met so many beautiful people on clubhouse that I haven't met in person yet. Uh, but I have formed some good relationships out of that, you know, uh, for out of those meetings from people. We are so we, we took some time to meet some people in London here face to face in real life, which was fantastic. And I've oh, uh, you know definitely got some friendships out of that. But as you were saying just now, you know, it's also our primal one of our primal needs is definite connection. You know, so we need that kind of connection, not only intimacy um, or intimately, but uh, from all kinds of relationships. You know, so as you correctly say, yeah, connection is so we- important to us. I think we all intuitively know that if we think about the happiest times in our lives, they usually include other people. Um, they impact not only our emotional, but our physical health as well. So, 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 so important. Why don't relationships work for so many people? Let's talk about, you know, the common reasons for the typical relationships to fail. I mean, there are so many, but maybe we can, you know, talk about the common ones. Well, I think the, the most common denominator uh, for failed relationships is just a poor relationship that people have with themselves because um, mm. you know if you treat yourself badly you're going to end up treating other people around you badly too so just um, people are acting out of their wounds you know and their trauma so they uh, 
it's very difficult to have a great relation with another human being if you don't have a great relation with yourself. Yeah, it all starts with self. I totally agree. And then when we get into these relationships, you know, a lot of the other reasons why they tend to fail is like loss of trust, for example. You know, one of the foundational feelings necessary in a good relationship is a feeling of that security. My existence, right? Like if you lack that emotional support um, and you find your partner to be unreliable, then you might lose that trust. You know, relationships are built on trust, right? Mm, So when there is mistrust in that relationship, that relationship can be on shaky grounds. Absolutely. And yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Uh, it's also very closely linked to there must be a certain aspect of strength in that relationship. So there's got to be certainty from both parties. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, that's something that most people lack is a lack is a, is a real sense of inner certainty, you know, which is, mm-hmm. as, you know, again, lends to trust. So, yeah, that's accurate. Definitely. And then lying, right? Lying is another one. Let's say you found out your partner lied to you. I mean, lying ha- lies have powerful consequences. You know, was, was it a white lie? Maybe it's a little more forgivable, but it, but if it's like a full blown out lie Mm. (laughs) where, you know, you're really lying and you're not doing it to protect somebody. I mean, what do you think about lying, especially early on? (laughs) Yeah, I think, well, that's, that makes for shaky ground right from the start, because, you know, if you're lying to your partner, you know, you're not being truthful to yourself either. So, um, and again, trust is so important, you know, so. You know, so people are lying, and you know, you're right, lying. That uh, I was talking to this, uh, talking about this subject the other night with my girlfriend, saying, talking about, you know, being, you know, having a building a, a strong relationship based on trust and how lying is definitely, definitely a no no. Um, and it's a tough one because people lie because they end up, I think, subconsciously, they're trying to protect themselves from being too exposed to other people, you know. So it's very hard to let people in straight from the beginning, right? So people make up stories, um, and that kind of stuff can lead to other lies, like you say, and that's definitely undermines a relationship. Yeah. And jealousy. I mean, jealousy in small doses, though, I think can be healthy. Like, I don't know if I would like it <laughs> if my partner wasn't jealous at all. That all I, that actually bothers me when, when yeah, the person that. I'm I've dating doesn't have a jealous bone in their body. Like it bothers me. I want them because it, it shows me that they care. But I think there's a fine line between you know, small doses of jealousy and then someone who, you know, possesses like these huge signs or pathological signs of jealousy um, well, that's, that's a no, a no. definitely that's a, no, a red flag <laughs> that's a no-no <laughs> straight from the off yeah and then you know what my favorite which i talk about all the time is poor communication mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i mean uh, although it, it sounds counterintuitive when a, when a couple brags that they never argue at all you know that's not a good thing. Like, like, what do you think about that? When, when, well, I think communication say, and Hey, argue- like we don't, we don't, we don't argue at all. You know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I don't know if I could, I, I would put communication argument in the same, um, you know, in the same thing um, cup. I'd say that the two are separate. Okay. I think you've got to have great communication. I always say to people to build a great relationship from the off. First of all, You've got to have attraction. You've got to have connection. You've got to have energy. If there's no energy, there's no there's no real fire there. You know, that's 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 you have to have that. But then also after that, you've got to have great communication comes next because through great communication, you're going to be able to build trust. You're going to be able to, you know, learn about the other person. The other person learns about you as you share a little bit more with your per- with with that person. You're building trust, and then love comes after that. So you need those three things. You need that lust. You need that communication. You need that love. Um, and that comes through the communication, obviously, for building trust. So I would agree with you. Great communication is an off. 
and using great communication, you don't have to resort to arguments. You know, what I mean? it's arguments. Yeah, that's my definition of an argument. If you can't find a win-win, that's my definition of an argument. I think you can always find a win-win if you've got great communication tools. So do you think it's actually better for couples to express their fr uh, frustrations and find a way to talk through them rather than not argue at all, let's say? Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. You must have, yeah. the, I think in a great relationship, you should have the freedom to express how you feel. And here's the challenge though, Laura, you know, as well as I do, how many people can actually just take something as it's being said without creating a meaning that then causes them to want to, uh, what's the word, not retaliate, but to defend themselves. I think one of the biggest challenges for couples is being in a communication situation where you don't have to feel you have to defend yourself. You can hear your partner out and you can actually reason with them. That avoids arguments. That's great communication. But I think that's, that's uh, for most people, that's a big ask. You know, that's why you have so many relationships that fail, I think. I think so too. I think it's the number one reason why relationships fail actually is lack of communication. Oh, and infidelity. How can we forget that one? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen, you know what? you're talking to a man who made a mistake, you know, and um, had an affair oh. you know, and crossed my relationship with my, with, you know, with, with the mother of my children, you know? And um, so I know exactly how that feels. I know what that feels like going into it. I know what it feels like during it. I know what it feels like after it. And I'll tell you what, what a great lesson I've learned from that. But let's say lessons in plural. And uh, that's something I would never do again to another human being. Yeah. Myself, can, you know? we, can we, can we talk about myself. that? Can we actually of talk course. about that? I wasn't really aware of that. Yeah, um, sure. So, was there something going on in the relationship? Like, were you not satisfied? Like what would generally like what makes men cheat, for example, like what, what was it? You know, when I, oh gosh, I learned so much out of that experience and, you know, um, I've thought about it so many times. Like, why did I do that? You know, I was happily married. You know? And um, Maxine is an amazing woman. I'm her greatest fan, you know, great friends. And um, she's a fantastic mother to my children. She has been always. And um, she was a fantastic wife. And I, I don't know, I think for me, it has to come down to the fact I just didn't, they, I think the passion waned very quickly for me. And um, yeah, and I was just, uh, gosh, I succumbed, you know, to temptation. And um, I wasn't happily, um, I wasn't feeling happy. And I kept having this conversation in my own head, like, what is it? Why am I not happy? And um, yeah, and eventually I succumbed. And then I just, you know, and gosh, uh, it was, was painful for me. And for everyone involved, you know, um, a lot of people were hurt with hurt through that. You know, Maxine, my kids, my parents, her parents. Um, it's tough, you know. It's very tough to go through that kind of thing. So, what did what did you learn? Like, what was your takeaway from that that you can share with other people that may be thinking about cheating on their spouse or their partner? I'd say don't do it. <laughs> Talk. Don't Talk do it. it out. You know. Talk it out. Like you know, I, I could. You know, that's, you know, I've, I've made some mistakes in my life. You know, I've, I've, I've had a lot of ups and downs. I've been through, I've had an experiences that a lot of people have never had, you know, and it's, 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 you know, I've walked both sides of the tracks. And I think I would just say to people, listen, think before you do it and just talk and just be honest straight from the off. I wish I could have been honest. I wish I, but I was so afraid of the consequences of what that meant. You know what I mean? I mean, immediately I could just had this vision of my life ahead and I just thought, oh my God, I'm going to be, you know, what am I doing? I've got two kids now. I've got, I've got a man up to this responsibility. What the hell? You know, and um, yeah, just, and it caused me to lose. I mean, I lost everything after that, you know, it was really, really rough. I mean, you know, uh, two years, three years later, after initiating that process, I was, um, you know, I lost everything and I ended up here sleeping back on, I was slept in the train station here in London. <laughs> this was a tough time. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, um, 
And it was only well, 2012 that I began my life again and bounced back. And it's been a fantastic journey since then. And I've been applying those lessons. But I say to people, listen, if you think you have cheating, don't do it. Just be honest. And if you don't think that you should be in that relationship, be honest enough to walk away and give that other person the freedom to make the freedom, the, the choice for their own life, that their own life can be great. Don't fuck up your life. Alan, thank you so much for being honest there. We need to take a break though. Uh, when we come back, it's time to chat about why so many people self-sabotage. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm your host, Laura Bellata, with my guest, Allie Kleinhands. Getting back to our chat on why relationships fail. Moving a little bit deeper into relationships now. I feel like so many of these relationships fail because people are afraid of intimacy you know, afraid of letting someone get close to them. So let's yeah. uncover why maybe some people, you know, are so scared of intimacy. We'll start yeah. with you, Adam. Alan. Yeah, um, well, I think um, it comes down to people are afraid to really let people see who they are. Because if you think about it, you know, from the earliest time as kids, what we've had most of our lives throughout our lives as young children, the first seven years when we were forming our psychology, was that's when our psychology is completely, almost completely formed by the time we're seven. We've had so many no's. And so many setbacks and so many little painful experiences and so many things that we haven't been able to process correctly in our young minds that have led to us creating these beliefs and also they're enforced by the people around us. We're not enough. You know, we should keep quiet. We shouldn't sing. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do that. And, um, you know, and by the time we become adults or young adults, you know, and especially, you know, when you fall in love for the first time or when you get into relationships or you're still early in relationships or whatever it is. You know, people are very, very uncomfortable for, with allowing people to see who they really are. So they hold back, you know, and they protect themselves at all costs, even making up stories about themselves, you know. So I think that's, uh, that's a challenge for people because, no, if you think about it, during lockdown, Laura, you know, when lockdown happened, the first, oh, 2020. When, I can't, when people, how can I forget? <laughs> when people were, you know, do you remember when people suddenly were now forced to stay in their house with their partner for the first time? For an extended period of time and now suddenly they were realizing they don't even know the person they live with <laughs> oh gosh that was tough for a lot of people you know so because people don't really you know if you think about it who really lets people know who they really are you know? and that's what people are terrified of i think that's why people kind of self-sabotage yeah i think all relationships go through periods where people lose touch with each other you know maybe mm. physical touch and when this happens i feel like we bottle it up and, and then we don't talk about it. Mm, um, mm. But we need to address it so that we get a sense of where the other person is coming from, you know, and research actually shows uh, that people who share experiences actually have longer and stronger relationships, whether yes. that's doing things together or dealing with just little difficult things together, you know, yes, yes. And, and some things might be hard to talk about, but I think it's really important to share some of the things that are, that, you know, that are going on in our life, like on a daily basis, mm. you know, what tends to turn people away from each other is when they struggle with something on their own, you know, they don't share it. And then the relationship becomes dissatisfied on both ends. So yeah. what can you say about that? Well, I think that's one of the best things about a relationship is having someone next to you. You know what I mean? Being like a team. Mm -hmm. you know? I was just um, around my, one of my, one of my best friends that I grew up with in South Africa. He also lives out here near, near me. He's close by. And I was in his house earlier today and his wife just came back from South Africa and they were talking about how they'd been three weeks apart and they were talking about how they, they, you know, they, each other, they missed each other. They called each other, they, they wing person, you know? And he said, gosh, for three it. weeks, 
and they were just talking about how yeah, they they missed they work together as a team. And I think that's one of the best things, like you alluded to now, what you just said. That's what people love, right? Having someone to work through stuff with and experience stuff, you know, good times as well as tough times, you know, and know that someone's there for you all the time. And I, I think love that's that. um, that's a relationship that everybody wants, isn't it? It is someone that you can lean on, someone like that can be your best friend as well. Like, so let's talk about, you know, being interdependent, you know, interdependent rather than dependent on each other, codependent, interdependent, you know, it's, it's being, you know, we all listen, we all, you know, I'm sure you hang around with the kind of people that I hang around with, right? You know, people who are just go-getters, entrepreneurs, business people, et cetera. Mm -hmm. They can handle life on their own, but there's nothing better than having someone that you can handling life with together. You know what I mean? Um, uh, listen, I, I don't think we can ever handle life alone. I think even those powerful people, people that are very successful in life, yes, you see yes. the common denominator is that they have um, someone who's very supportive by their side. Partner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they do. Generally, they mm. do, right? So yeah, um, do you absolutely. think we can, so do you think we can actually form relationships without intimacy? Because I've seen it happen. It, but both people have to be wanting the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. But when, what do you mean with forming a relationship without intimacy? You mean just well, having a great friendship? Well, but like a partner that's more of a friend. I mean, I've seen it without happen. Without intimacy? Yeah. Uh, gosh, I think that's very difficult. I mean, because, well, <laughs> because maybe I not. That, because I think, I think, you know, part of being really connected to another human being is that physical connection too. You know what I mean? And I think, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, I, I know, listen, I've worked with a lot of couples. Um, I've helped a lot of couples stay together and become even better than before. I've helped also couples to transition separate ways in amicable ways. Um, and I think, you know, um, I've known couples that have been in relationships where they're great friends, but there's no intimacy or there's very little passion. And, just, it's, and? They, there's, and they both feel like there's something missing there. Or they, okay. They're afraid to let go. You know? They're afraid to go um, different ways because, it's, because it becomes comfortable. But do you feel like that that goes for people who are a little older as well? Um, because I yeah, feel like sometimes sure. we well, get... I think if you've been together 25, 30 years, then it's, it's yeah. harder. Absolutely. But I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine living 35 years w- without passion? Or let's say maybe not... <laughs> well, no, older, I'm Italian. The first five uh, or 10 were great. Maybe the first five or 10 were great. But imagine living 20 years without passion, without, without intimacy, without you know, physical connection. You need all of it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I'm I'm into a relationship. I'm I'm very blessed to be in a relationship right now. It's just like that. You know, it's spiritual connection, physical, mental. You know, emotional. It's it. awesome. You know, and um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Well, I just I, all I'm saying is I've seen couples where, and, and not many, but I've seen couples where they're a little older and they're okay with not having sex anymore. And some of them sleep in separate beds, but they're really good friends, and they make it work somehow. I don't know, um, yeah, but maybe absolutely. maybe. I mean, they, I mean, I think they can make you, they, they, they will be, there will be relationships that can make that work and it'll work fine for them just depending on what kind of people they are. But I also believe that, you know, uh, the creative nature of the human and, you know, potential is never done, right? There's infinite potential. It always just keeps, it's, there's always there, no matter how much you express, no matter how much you act, actualize. And we all know that we actualize very little. But let's say if you keep actualizing that on a regular basis, I mean, a lot of that creative energy comes from your, your deep-seated passion, which is love energy, sexual energy. And we need that. It's a, it's a sacred union when two people come together in that sexual connection and it's really deeply sacred spiritual connection. Um, it's a different level because then you can continue to, what it does is it reverses aging. It keeps you young. It keeps you virile, keeps you alert, creative, connected. It's a beautiful thing, you know? So I think a, a relationship that doesn't have that, there's something missing there. Yeah. Now relationships are such a natural part of being human. 
and mm. something that most of us are, are looking for. But on the flip side, Alan, I see people sabotage their relationships way too often, okay? And they can't <laughs> seem to figure out what went wrong. So why do you think that we do this? Why do most of us self-sabotage, especially when it comes to relationships? You know, it come, I think it's gonna, it just boils down to the very obvious question about why all human beings sabotage. It's that, that, that belief that we're not enough. You know, and that we'll never be loved. And um, so what we do is we, you know, we, we always have this running in the back of our mind and that creates that vibration that we're not worthy enough. So people self-sabotage, you know, it's just, it's a shame. And that's what happens when people meet a new relationship and they think, wow, this is amazing and it's better than it's ever been. And then they, they just get to the point where they, they're self-sabotage because there's that driving underlying premise in the subconscious mind there, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, I'm not, you know, I'm not worthy. And uh, that's what destroys everything for human beings. Self-limiting beliefs. No, you got to get out of your head. Also, there's the fear, you know, the fear of getting hurt. Yeah. Because yeah, maybe absolutely. you've had a broken heart before. You've been rejected yeah. one too many times. Maybe you were abandoned, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, you know, you just, you fear commitment. You fear betrayal mm. um, and all of that stuff. Absolutely. All of those things play a very important role. And what happens is we end up, people end up projecting their subconscious fears, you know, even if they're unconscious about them because that's their driving fear. So they end up projecting that onto the relationship, onto every new relationship. That's why they keep getting the same thing. And so that's yeah. why, you know, we started this conversation, you and I, didn't we talking about the most important thing in any relationship is self-relationship, relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's why, he, that's why healing work is so important. It's messy, but it needs to be done, you know, and that's why a lot of people don't do it because it's so messy. Right. So let's talk about that. Do you help people in that realm? Yeah, Absolutely. My speciality, my speciality is trauma intervention. So, um, you know, I've had to deal with so much trauma in my own life and it's, it made me an expert because that's what I studied from a young age when I came out of the military. And I think that's why for me, that's why for me, the most important thing that I talk about is, you know, consciousness and self-love, self-mastery. You have to heal that little boy in your heart if you're a man and you have to heal that little girl in your heart if you're a woman. Until then, you, the woman or the man can't appear. And so, um, you know, if you can help someone to do that, then they have got a very good chance of creating a great relationship because the more you work on yourself, the better your relationship becomes with other people. Because the less you judge yourself, they end up, you less judge, you judge your partner, the less you judge the people around you. That's such an important thing. And relationships, you and I both know, Laura, a lot of relationships implode because people keep, they end up blaming each other, you know, um, projecting their own stuff without even realizing it. I wanted to continue with what we were talking about, but I, I think this is way more important. So healing mm. your heart. Okay, so let's yes. talk about it. Because you said that you know a lot about this. So what are some tips that we can give to people? What are some things? Because I feel like so many of us need to heal our hearts. Okay. I'm not yes. saying myself because I'm okay <laughs> right yeah. now. But you know what? Maybe I need to heal my heart from my childhood. I, I don't know. But yeah. so what, how do we begin? Like what are some tips that we can give well, people? One of the most powerful tips I can give people right now. And I would encourage anyone who's listening to this now or in any stage in the future. Take a pen right now and write this down these three phrases, mm -hmm. I'm enough, I am lovable, and I approve of myself. I'll say it again. I am enough, I am lovable, and I approve of myself. Write those three sentences down, put them up wherever you can see them. And then every day, every time you see them, when you're getting ready in the morning or the evening or whatever it is, you see that those phrases stop, put both hands on your heart, breathe deeply into your heart three times, close your eyes and say those phrases five, 10 times, 20 times, just over and over, nice and softly, out loud so you can hear your own voice and create the vibration in your body and just say that and make that a ritual, a daily ritual. 
just that one exercise, if you make that a daily ritual, that one simple little exercise will change your life. I guess it changed yours. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, and it's I changed many. That. It's changed many other people who have taken that to heart. Um, you know, just one simple thing like that, people underrate what they can do. Because the momentum of that, it, just those three phrases, I'm enough, I am lovable, and I approve of myself. Because that's what we've always wanted to hear when we were kids. You know, a lot of us got what we didn't deserve and a lot of us didn't get what we deserved. And that has shaped the way we think of ourselves as adults. So if you want to heal that little boy or that little girl, that's imperative that you do that. I always say, Laura, the three most important relationships that will give you your fourth most important relationship. The first is the one with yourself. And the second is the one with your mother and your father, the second and third one, those three with yourself and your parents. When you can heal those relationships and really get to a place and healing is a continuous thing, but when you can get to a healthy, a healthy state in each of those three relationships, you have now have a very good chance of attracting a mate where you can build a beautiful relationship. And those are the four relationships that will sustain your life. And then after that will come your kids. Beautiful. We need to take a break. When we come back, we can continue chatting about healing your heart. But we, I also want to continue talking about why people self-sabotage. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show. It's Sunday night. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, with my special guest, Alan Kleinhans, getting back to our chat on why relationships fail, um, why we self-sabotage, how to heal your heart and all that. Oh my goodness, you are lovely. So before the break, we were talking about why people self-sabotage. Um, another thing that came up, and, and you gave us a tips on how to heal your heart as well, so thank you for that. Um, but getting back to self-sabotaging, um, and one of the things that I see is that, you know, people have these high expectations, you know. Um, mm. They're almost associated with perfectionist tendencies, mm. you know, and having this belief that, destined beliefs, you know, like they're they want the fairy tale ending. They want someone to be this perfect <laughs> image of what they're um, they've always wanted. So, mm -hmm. what, what can we say about that? <laughs> well, well, that's uh, I mean, she was that that perfection syndrome is so it's such a um, oh, it's a dream killer, isn't it? Um, yeah. Because people yeah. have got so many beautiful dreams about their lives, but then that whole that 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 desire to be perfect, which is, again it comes from their childhood. You know, it's just like you know they need to do a certain thing to get a certain amount of adoration or, or, or um, significance. You know, significance is such an important thing, isn't it, for the human being? That's another emotion, deep emotional need that we need, we, we, that we have. We, we need to feel acknowledged and uh, significant. And so this whole idea about I need to be perfect, and that's what stops people from actually taking the first step because unless it's perfect, they won't do it. I remember my daughter, when I wanted to teach her how to rollerblade when she was still young, and she said, no, I don't want to do it. I said, why not? She said, because I can't do it. And I said, you know, and I said, well, that doesn't matter. You need to learn how to do it so you can get to the point where you're good. She said, no, oh, but I'm not, I won't, I'm not, I'm not good at it. So I said, obviously you need to learn how to do it and that need to be perfect. So it's a tough one, that one. Did she learn how to do it? Yeah, of course she did. Absolutely. Yay. And now, now both <laughs> kids skate, they love skating. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it too. I've been skating all my life. It's awesome. Um, but you know, that whole thing about I need to be perfect again, it's, it's, it's learn when we're young, you know, because we, 
when we were naughty, we didn't get love. When we were when we were good, we got love. So we learned that love comes from outside of us. You know, so now you know we have to always be perfect so we can always get that love. That's what driving us, you know, driving the under that undercurrent of fear, isn't it? That we're going to lose love. It's a tough one, that. Yeah, anxious attachment style when you Absolutely. fear losing love. I, I, I have that. I have a bit of an anxious attachment style. I've really had to work at it. Uh, first, the the first thing, the first step was being you know, accepting that I have an anxious attachment yes. style, but then yeah. just being really conscious of it. You know, when those feelings yeah. pop up, it's like, okay, why is this popping up for me right now? Yeah, why do absolutely. I feel like this? Like, yeah. is it my partner making me feel this? Is it them or is it me? Okay. You yeah. know, like all that. Right. So I've really had to work. Um, yeah. And also it. just remembering too, Laura, that you are not that program. That was a program that was installed when you were young. You know what I mean? And just remembering mm. that, you know, dislodges it more and more. Oh yeah. That's not me. That's just that old program again. I can let that go now. Uh, like yeah, you. like, and I, and I did, I wasn't even aware that I was doing it, but I, as a child, I was so aware of, uh, I was aware of, of, of that um, mm. fear and that anxiety I would get when um, I, I thought about losing my parents or my brother mm. or my sister. I even feared losing my limbs. Like I always thought, oh, what if wow. I lose my leg? Well, <laughs> I won't be accepted. No one will yeah. like me. I did. These were the fears that stuff. went through it's my crazy brain. crazy stuff what we think about when we were young. I'm telling you, it's crazy. This is what forms, <laughs> this is what forms, this is, this is what forms people's psychology. Just think about it. There's so many people walking around with the same kinds of thoughts going through their head all the time when they were younger. It's crazy, isn't it? Well, I just actually talked to one of my coaching clients the other day because they, they have an anxious attachment style and it's like we were comparing notes and it was interesting because there were a lot of similarities there mm, but mm. you know i do encourage people as well to get the help you need if you do have you know any sort of attachment style like if you are self-sabotaging all the time and you know you're pushing people away there's a reason for it right so, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with getting coaching or, or, or there's so many different modalities now of healing. You know what I mean? There's energy work, body work, you know, tapping. There's all kinds of stuff, you know, Reiki, there's energy medicine. It's just beautiful now that there's so many, you know, but I think one of the most important things, again, is coming down to simple exercises, you know, really just doing those, those affirmations that I gave before the break. And then also, you know, I also believe in just, you know, looking at a photograph of yourself as a little kid and pouring love into that picture and just, because that's such a powerful thing you can do too, you know, because all of yeah. that stuff, you know, all of that stuff helps people to stop or to, to start um, to self-sabotage less, you know, and less and less, because the more you build up that self-worth, the less you're going to sabotage yourself is the more you're going to believe that you are worthy of a great life. You are worthy of a great love. You are worthy of somebody else's love. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Yeah. And self-sabotaging in a relationship doesn't always look the same. So how can you be aware that you're actually doing this so that you can try to change your behavior around it? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I suppose I can only <laughs> speak from my own. I can only speak from my own perspective. When I, you know, when I self-sabotage, you know, I, what I did is I ended up blowing up, imploding <laughs> and just cost, the, you know, cost my relationship, my business, cost me everything. And I think um, it got to the point where, I don't know, I just also, again, it, it's about significance, I think, for me, because I, I got to the point where I was thinking, oh, my God, am I, I was suddenly successful, like really successful. And I think, gosh, you know, do I even deserve this kind of success? It was like way but Suddenly, I just exploded in my business. And everything was going so well. And then um, it just, yeah, it was crazy. And I just, and that's what happened when I, that's when I started having an affair. And I just I watched, I was kind of like I was watching myself self-sabotage and watching myself implode. And I thought, you know, what am I doing, you know? And, um, and it was about a significance thing, you know, it was, um, I still must, I still hadn't healed aspects of myself, you know, 
and it took me losing that, you know, that or losing that laugh that I had, that beautiful laugh. And I've got a beautiful laugh. I have no regrets. But at that particular stage of my life, being a father, being a husband, you know, being a business person, being a respected person in my community back in South Africa, we are where we were building our business the first seven years of it. It was a fantastic time. Um, but it took me losing that to learn the greatest lesson of my life. You know, is that you know that happiness will never come outside of me from outside of me. It has to be an inside job, you know, and in spite of having all of that, you know, I still wasn't happy in myself. I still didn't believe I was, I deserved it, you know, and that's what, and then I had to, you know, lose it to really deserve or really come to the point of recognizing that I already have everything I deserve inside of me and I deserve who I am. I deserve being the best I am, you know? Yeah. And why do you think so many people, and we don't have a lot, a lot of time to answer this, but why do you think so many people have to hit rock bottom or lose to come back on top? Like, and I find, I don't want to point fingers, but I find men have to learn that way. Like a lot of the men in my life, that's how they learn. They have to like hit the bottom and then they rise, you know? Well, I think it's, yeah. And I think, I think it, well, that's an initiate, that's a type of initiation, isn't it? It's about when a, when a, when a boy actually does step into his manhood uh, in a lot of ways, maybe not emotionally, but definitely, you know, mm. in terms of being like, you know, becoming decisive for the very first time, becoming determined for possibly for the first time he's ever been that kind of certainty and having to bounce back. I mean, all the people that inspired me when I was reading, you know, as a young person in my, in my, when I turned 21 and I began to educate myself for the first time, I read about all these people that had bounced back from the depths of despair, you know what I mean? Or they were on their knees before they finally made it, you know, and, um, you know, but it's not only men, Laura. Come on, there's a lot of women you and I both know. That we, <laughs> no, I yeah. agree. I, I, I guess I'm just talking beings, from right? my own experience and, yeah. and, you know, the, I, some of the men in my life. But anyways, we need to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what holds us back from finding healthy relationships. We'll be right back. Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Galata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm Laura Galata having an amazing conversation tonight with Alan Kleinhans. Getting back to our chat on, uh, well, we're going to talk about this now. What holds us back from finding healthy relationships? But uh, prior to the break, we were discussing why, you know, I said men, but we'll say women. Why men and women? Why do they have to hit rock bottom before they rise to the top? <laughs> well, I think you, I think it's fair to say human beings, right? Yes, human beings, Alan. Yeah, human yes, beings. human beings. Um, Again, I was just speaking from my experience, right? Yeah, like, I know. Yeah, you were teasing. Because I, I you typically date men, so that's why I say it. But yeah. I know, I know you were teasing. Um, yeah, I think, you know what it is? I think, I think it's that, it's that spiritual experience of finally discovering for the first time, really, that you are the person in charge of your life, you know, prior to that, you know, people, I mean, if you think about it, most people go through life when we start out young, we, you know, we, we, we expecting things to come from outside of us and we have to really learn that we are the creator. And I think, you know, we try so many different things and we get to a point where uh, we just, we've tried everything and nothing's really working. And then suddenly you have this amazing experience and you suddenly have to come to the decision, you know what, do I make this thing happen? And I take full responsibility for everything and make it work properly, give my all, or do I check out, you know? And, um, and I think that's when people, you know, hit rock bottom. Everyone who inspired me, 
the books I read, the people I've followed, etc. They've all been through tough times, men and women, you know, and they've come back strong because they've discovered themselves properly for the first time. You know, it yes. takes people to a different place. Yes, I love you it. You have I to go it. to a different place to make it happen, right? If you had the if, if you had bottom, I mean, I've been at bottom a couple of times and it's painful. I mean, I've had I've I've made a lot of money and I've lost a lot of money and I know what it's like both sides. And I'd rather be very successful and very, very happy, et cetera. But it takes something of you to make that happen. It takes this, you know, and we've all got that inside of us. And I think this whole thing comes back down to that conversation that we started with is self-love, self-appreciation, self-recognition, self-acknowledgement, because then we can give more of ourselves to our people that we want to be in love with, the people that we want to fall in love with, you know, the men and women that we're looking for in our lives, the connection, and then also our communities at large, you know. Yeah, we need to believe in ourselves too, because if we don't believe in ourselves or like ourselves and other people, how how can they believe in us? How can they love us if we don't even love ourselves, right? So Absolutely. it all starts with us. Yes, it's Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about toxic relationships. Ooh. So I've seen a lot of couples, okay, a lot of couples, a lot in unhealthy mm. relationships. And it can really be hard to pinpoint why you know, you may find yourself in one of these situations and why you even stay when you're in one of these situations. So let's discuss maybe the real root cause of toxic relationships. And hmm. what are some of the things that maybe can lead to this? Well, again, it's, it's what I've said already, uh, to reiterate what I said earlier, it's, it's being wounded. It's, it's two wounded people coming into a relationship, expecting the other person to take care of them, um, to, to meet their needs, you know, um, because people haven't learned to meet their own needs. And we've all got these emotional needs. You know? um, we have a need for certainty, security, comfort. You know, We know what's going to happen. We, it's predictable. But we also have this need for variety and we have the need for significance as acknowledgement too. And then we also have this need for connection. And you know, if people are looking for this all the time. But if you are wounded you know, and you believe that love comes from someone else and you have to do certain things to get love and they don't provide you know, they don't meet your needs the way you expect them to, then obviously that causes problems. And you've got two people in that relationship like that, it can turn toxic very, very quickly. Then you get into a blame game. And then people stay there. You ask the question just now, why do people stay in a relationship mm -hmm. that's not working? Is because it becomes, it's, it's comfortably uncomfortable, uncomfortably comfortable. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's better the devil, you know, you know that phrase, like, you know, people think, well, what happens if I leave this relationship and I don't, and, and, uh, and I don't find anything better? Or I don't find anything. God, well, I don't want to be alone. You know, this is not oh, nice, yes. but I can control it to a certain degree. You know, this is, uh, you know, I can, this is, I can control this to a certain degree, you know, and, um, you know, that makes it really tough. Oh, again, those self-limiting beliefs. I'll never find anybody again. Oh, my goodness. I'm too old. I'm not attractive enough. Mm. <laughs> I think you be. I think you become way more attractive when you leave a toxic relationship. Your skin, your skin changes. You be start eating healthier. Your mind, your everything becomes healthier. So you look different. Really, you start Absolutely. to shine. And I, I think often our dreams can be tied to our commitment to a particular person. And then a breakup would mean that those dreams die with it. Mm -hmm. You know, we always want to mm -hmm. hang on to what if, you know, what if, what if, even if we, like that happens in breakups, you know, that's why mm. so many people have a hard time moving past a breakup because they're always thinking of like, what, well, I, I got duped. Like this is what we were supposed to be. You know, mm. this is what it was supposed to look like. Yeah. Supposed to, but it's, it's not what it looks like. So you need to move on from it. Right. And, and they also remember only the good times. You know what I mean? And they forget exactly. The bad times, and they miss that familiarity. So, and it's easy. So, yeah, that keeps people yeah, going back too. 
Yeah. And sometimes, you know, and maybe we believe that our primary role is to heal and care for other people, especially the people that we're in a relationship with, with. Uh, even when it means losing ourselves. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people that are like that. Right. And, and we also might be afraid that we're going to hurt this person. You know, how mm. often does, does this happen, Alan? We think, oh, we're going to lose this or we're going to we're yeah. going to hurt this person if we leave them. And that if we're not around, they're going to spiral out of control. And then, you know, what if they commit suicide? And uh, what about, you know, what do we have to say to those people who have those beliefs that they're hanging on to? Well, geez, we, I mean, you've said a lot there, but I, um, I think, you know, if you're in a relationship like that, where you feel responsible for the other person, I mean, that's not healthy, you know, because, and, mm -hmm. and unfortunately a lot of children are brought up like that, believing that they need to be, responsible for the adults around them or they need to, you know, um, succumb to the, you know, those um, requirements and those requests on a regular basis. So they end up becoming pleasers, you know, and looking after other people at, at, the, at the mercy of their own health. What's that one thing that people can do to manifest uh, or create that healthy relationship that they desire? Ah, that's a great question, Laura. Thank you. I think the one thing that everybody can do, whether you're in a relationship or you're not in a relationship right now, you want to make your relationship that you're in right now even better, or you want to manifest a relationship that you haven't found yet, start being kinder to yourself and everyone else around you. Just be kinder. Be consciously kind. I love being consciously kind, and I, and I really encourage people to do this on a regular basis. Like, really go out of your way to be kind to yourself and others. Like, when you see people in the street, if it's a beautiful day, greet them, smile, and say, what a beautiful day. You know, if you see something that you like on somebody, a top or whatever it is, or, you know, compliment people, even strangers, just go out of your way to express who you naturally are. We are all beautiful spirits, Aww. and we want to connect we want to connect with other people. So express yourself in kind of ways with yourself and others. And you'll see that will magically change your relationships with everybody, including yourself. You know what? I second this. I love it because that's how I go about my day every single day. I always try to put a smile on people's face. And I tell you, Alan, it makes me feel incredible. Alan, where can people learn more about you? Uh, they can just follow, they can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, those are the channels that I, I'm, I use mostly. I'm obviously on all the channels. So it's alanspeaks.com and Alan yes. Clean Hands, okay? A-L-L-A-N-K-L-E-Y-N-H-A-N-S. It's also in the description of the show as well. Alan, thank you so much for joining me. And guys, follow me on Instagram, official Laura Bellotta, on TikTok, official Laura Bellotta, and on Clubhouse, Laura Bellotta. And check out my website, singleinthecity.ca. Our in-person events are live, and I am starting to make a lot of connections. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Bye.